There are a couple of seemingly unrelated stories that happened at about the same time this week that on the surface look unrelated, but in reality are tied together, and they amount to being just another sign of the times, as one story some will take to be good news but is really meaningless, and the other is of such astounding irony, I hope, I'm, I hope it is actually irony that I'm using that word properly, but it bears looking into late in the week for a good kind of sad laugh. So let's dive into this because the sudden and unexpected promotion of some cardinals who have taken stands against the errors coming out of this pontificate is something we should talk about at least a little at first. And now what I mean is the cardinals in question here are Cardinal Robert Seurat and the two remaining dubia cardinals, Burke and Walter Brandmuller, among others. To catholicreview.org we go for the story. Headline. Cardinal Burke, seven others, rise in rank in College of Cardinals. Now this story is being touted on social media as some big revelation and some big deal by the lay faithful who are hungry for any positive sign in the church. And believe you me, I get it. And when there is legitimately good news to talk about, I love doing it, even if people don't tend to watch those. But this isn't it. This is a symbolic act that is going to have meaningless impact at the next conclave. But let's get more information. Quote, with a consistory to approve the canonization of seven saints as a backdrop, eight cardinals, including U.S. Cardinal Raymond L. Burke, moved from the rank of cardinal deacons to the rank of cardinal priests. According to the Code of Canon Law, through a choice made in consistory and approved by the Supreme Pontiff, cardinals can move from the diaconal order to another diaconia, and if they have been in the diaconal order for ten full years, even to the presbyteral order. The rankings have their roots in the ancient church when cardinal deacons handled charitable and administrative activities in the Pope's name, and cardinal priests led the most important parishes in the Diocese of Rome. Today, most officials of the Roman Curia who become cardinals enter the college as cardinal deacons, while cardinals who had dioceses enter as cardinal priests. The ranking and the date on which the prelate entered the College of Cardinals determined seniority and the cardinal's place in processions and seating arrangements. In addition to Cardinal Burke, those become cardinal priests at the consistory May 3rd were Cardinal Angelo Amato, retired prefect of the Congregation for Saints' Causes, Cardinal Robert Seurat, retired prefect for the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Sacraments, Cardinal Francesco Monterisi, retired archpriest of the Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls, Cardinal Kurt Koch, president of the Pontifical Council for Promoting Christian Unity, Cardinal Mauro Piacenza, head of the Apostolic Penitentiary, a church court, and Cardinal Gianfranco Ravasi, president of the Pontifical Council for Culture, and of course, Cardinal Walter Brandmuller, retired president of the Pontifical Committee for Historic Sciences, end quote. And that's actually the full article. Like I said, not much to report on there. It's unlikely that Burke will be sent to head a diocese in America anytime soon, since he can do real work for the church in stemming the tide of unrestrained modernism in an actual diocese. But notice something here. Back on your screen is the list of cardinals who received this promotion. Half of them are retired. None of them will be heading a diocese anytime soon unless something so extraordinary happens that the Supreme Pontiff is left with no choice but to promote his retired cardinals, who've been his adversaries on key issues. And while we wait for the obvious chastisement from heaven that surely must be coming in the not far future, even under those circumstances, I doubt Francis will be making any decisions related to the management of dioceses at all. This probably won't help Burke or Seurat in the next conclave either, since 
that that whole process has become so influenced by the mindset of Caesar and the Leviathan that anything resembling orthodoxy and sanctity is extremely unlikely to be part of that process. And I don't mean to sound cynical when I say this either. It is just that the state of the church won't be made better by material solutions. It's going to be made better by embracing the faith, promoting the gospel, and, of course, by the church rejecting its relationship with Caesar. At a minimum plus the consecration of a certain country to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and the laity keeping the five First Saturdays devotions at least one time is probably a prerequisite for all of this at this point. And until that happens, the Church will become more and more worldly in her direction. And on that note, the other story is one of such stunning irony as we have a story of an acolyte of Luther telling the German bishops not to continue with their synodal meeting, that to do so would bring ruin to the Church. Yes, you heard that right. Headline from the National Catholic Register. Pastor at Luther's Church, Synodal Path is the Wrong Path. Now, there is something deeply funny to this for me. The pastor is Reverend Alexander Garth of St. Mary's Church in Wittenberg. Honestly, that picture on your screen while reading that, the following gave me a similar reaction to what he is doing. From the article, quote, Protestant pastor of the German church where Martin Luther preached and is known as the Mother Church of the Reformation has warned the German church's synodal path is the wrong path that is forcing the Protestantization of the Catholic church. In a letter sent over Easter to the German monthly Vatican magazine, Lutheran Reverend Alexander Garth of St. Mary's Church in Wittenberg said he was observing with concern both the synodal path and Maria 2.0, a movement with similar goals. The leveling down of a national church always means that an opinion-oriented Christianity becomes the ecclesial standard, leading to the entire church being ba banalized and the gospel diluted, he wrote. Such quote-unquote reformers in the Catholic Church, Reverend Garth believes, should become Protestant, as in the Protestant churches you will find everything you are fighting for. But he warned that the spiritual and physical state of the Protestant church is much worse, and the repercussions of secularization still more devastating than in the Catholic Church. End quote. He's not exactly incorrect either. And the best part here, when he says that everything they're looking for they'll find among the followers of Luther, he's not wrong. Literally every demand placed by the world on the church has been embraced by pretty much every major wing among the Protestants, and in those circles, they'll find exactly what they want. Now, I don't agree with Mr. Garth's take that they should exit and become followers of Luther. I'd rather they abandon this path altogether, go to confession, and submit themselves to whatever correction the Supreme Pontiff would deem fit to bestow on the men in their position. Not that I'm expecting that would happen, given that we're talking about Francis, but ideally that's what would happen. And to his credit, Francis has said multiple times to the German bishops that they need to cease what they're doing. But instead, these men are halfway through their synodal way process in Germany and are going to let the world know just soon just how much the church in Germany has bent the knee to Caesar and to his vision of the world at the expense of the gospel. But I'm not done with Mr. Garth yet because he had this to say, quoting the article much further down, quote, Reverend Garth, who describes himself in the letter as a Protestant with a Catholic heart and pastor in the pulpit of Martin Luther, said he considered the Protestantization of the Catholic Church to be a great misfortune, for this world needs a Catholic profile of Catholic spirituality, with loyalty to the Pope, Marian devotion, and the example of the saints of the Church. The Christian world, he added, needs a Catholic identity because it would be a great loss for Christendom if the Catholic color of faith lost its intensity. End quote. He goes on to describe the major synod of various Protestant groups during the 1930s and the effect it had on the church in that country. And I recommend you read this for yourself. 
All sources can be found on my sources site at returntotradition.org. Just skip past the Patreon pop-up if you want to, and you'll find the sources with today's video and audio-only versions in the show notes today. Now, the question I have on this is pretty simple. Why does Pastor Garth say things that ring with a Catholic sound more so than Bishop Botzing? Why is that happening? Why are we turning to an acolyte of Luther from the Mother Church of the Middle Ages schism for more basic truth than what we're getting out of the bishops of the church, who are supposed to be the heirs of the apostles, who are supposed to be apostolic men? The life of the church honestly relies on men like Bishop Botzing, and for he and his coterie we see what exactly? The embrace of Caesar, the embrace of every modern era imaginable, all making the church indistinguishable from the world. And it won't be limited to the church in Germany either, as these things have a tendency of getting copied by the National Bishops' Conference of other countries, often because the laity demand it. So thanks for that, Bishop Batsing. Thanks a lot. But at least Cardinals Seurat, Burke, and Brandmuller all got promotions that have little meaning in the church. I saw one person online describe this as rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, and I think that's actually pretty accurate. Now tomorrow, barring some major breaking news, I have a We Were Warned video on the importance of the Eucharist in the world, and it comes with the message that the Eucharist will disappear from the world at some point, so watch for that. Until then, let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. And like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. It does help. And please pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.